the Bible tells us to pray. I mean, it tells us to pray. In fact, it says to pray without ceasing. If you remember 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice evermore, uh, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Some people would say, well, how, how, you can't pray without ceasing. I mean, if you're talking to somebody, you're not praying. I mean, you know, but the idea of praying without ceasing has an idea of it's in your mind that you're, you're thinking about him, you're thinking about things. It's, the Greek word actually means a hacking cough. And just like you cough a lot and you don't even think about coughing in the same way that you pray a lot. You're, you're thinking and you're praying and you're talking to God, whether you're driving your car or whatever you're doing, and, and the idea of pray without ceasing. It has that idea of an attitude of prayer as we go through life. We've talked about it. Uh, God is a God who answers our prayers. And this is what I think is so amazing. When you think about it, God answers prayers. The answer may be yes, which sometimes we like. Sometimes we ask for something, he gives us the answer, and later on, he gives us the yes answer, and later on we say, well, I shouldn't have prayed that. I mean, you know, I, sometimes we look back, and, and sometimes it's no, and sometimes we look back and say, I'm, I'm glad he didn't answer that one, and then sometimes it's even wait. And so we've talked about the fact that God answers prayers. And, and you, you know, there's sometimes you pray, and you, you don't even feel like it's a yes or a no or a wait. It's sort of like something's not right. And so why, why, why sometimes is it not right? When I put uh, reason for answered prayer, uh, Brian and I talked about it this morning. We could say reason for a no answer that could be a yes answer, <laughs> possibly or something. Well, first of all, we could be praying for something that's not his will. First John chapter 5 says if we pray according to his will, he know, we know that he hears us and we have what we ask. I mean, we could be saying, oh, Lord, I want this, I want this. And God could say, uh, actually, it's not my will for you to have that. So that answer is really like a no. And then sometimes because of sin in our life, Psalm 66, 18 uh, basically talks about when you, if you reg- regard iniquity, sin in your life, in your heart, he says he doesn't hear us. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't hear you, but that means he's not going to answer it in the way maybe that you want him to. And then the third thing is James talks about that we ask with the wrong motives. We ask for something, maybe, you know, some prideful thing. What, what if I said, I want to pray that the church will grow so I look like I'm a really famous pastor? But see, that's a prideful thing, right? That, I mean, that's the wrong motive. That would be the wrong motive for a church to grow, right? I mean, th- just things like that. So we're saying uh, wrong motives, and so sometimes the answers are no. One thing for sure, God will answer prayers. And as we've studied the prayer of Jabez, uh, we see that at the very end, if you notice at the end of verse 10, it says, and God granted him what he requested. Now, the prayer is pretty amazing. And that's why when you look at it, it says that uh, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. You remember? What does the word honorable mean? Anybody remember? It means what? It means heavy. It means heavy. It means honorable. It means have integrity. It means uh, respected. And, and why was he more respected than his brothers? I mean, he doesn't have a great name. I mean, his name's Pain. And so somebody could say, there comes a pain. And that, the bottom line was he was honorable. He was heavy. He was respected. In fact, more respected than his brothers. And, and it doesn't even tell their names, but it tells his name. And so as we look at this, we're going to do the three things. A brief review of the prayer, the end results, and then our application. So let's think about a brief review of the prayer. And if again you look at verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel. To call on the God of Israel means to pray. It actually is the idea of coming with some kind of request that you're, you're asking God to do. 
And he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my border, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it might not pain me. Now, that's the New American Standard. The New King James is a little bit different. Some of the others are a little bit different. And God granted him what he requested. He was an honorable man. His name means pain. He was, uh, uh, I would say that if we knew him, we would say he's a really, um, he's, he's really well-respected. And so his name means pain. And then we look at it, there are four aspects to the, to the prayer. And this is why I'm saying that we're not saying you take this prayer and you pray some kind of magical thing by these four things. But these four things are basically asking for blessing, for service, for power, and protection. That's a great thing to pray any time. Let's start with the, the, the blessing. If you remember, it says, Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. It sounds selfish on the front end, and some people use it. I've actually seen people write some things and say, if you ask for blessing, God is obligated to give you material things. The best I can look at this passage, there's nothing about material things in there at all. In fact, if you look at the rest of the prayer, bless me indeed, let your hand be upon me, enlarge my border, you know, keep me. And they're all, they're all basically saying, Lord, take me and use me. So I think the, the greatest thing about blessing is that uh, God would use us. The greatest blessing that anyone could have is that, that they would be used by God. When you get to the end of your life and you stand before Jesus Christ, what do you want him to say? Well done, good, and what? Faithful what? Servant. You want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. You want your life to account for Christ. You want to say, thank you, Lord, the greatest blessing is that you would actually use my life. Think about it. I mean, we're just people. And he's the, the, the infinite, all-powerful God, and he chooses to take us. And use us. So what could be a greater blessing than to say, Lord, take my life and use me? That, that's the greatest thing. We, when you go to bed at night, have you ever gone to bed at night and then thought through the day and thought about what God is doing for you? What did he do that day? What, where did he take you? What people did he bring into your life? So the greatest thing for any of us individually would be that. I thought about our church. Think about our church. What would be what we'd want? We'd want to say, God, bless us, using us to have a clear message, to have Bible teaching, to have loving people. Because if we want to stand out in this community and we want to say God is using us, he, we want him to use us, but we've got to have a clear message. We don't want a confused message. We've got to teach the Bible. We just don't want to talk. We've got to have loving people. We don't want to be fake. And so what we're saying to God is, oh, Lord, bless me, bless us individually by using us. Bless this church corporately by using us for your glory. Okay, the second thing he said was expand my border, which means we're, we're, he's not asking for things again. I think he's saying, use me, uh, have an explosion of my influence. We pray basically that God would use us beyond what we could imagine. This is my favorite part. When I think about this prayer, this is my favorite part. When you say, Lord, use me, would you use me to do things beyond what I could even think about? Because we have ideas in our minds and we say, Lord, do this. And God says, oh, that's way too small. That's way too small. You're not even thinking. That's what he says. That's not it. We're not even thinking. And so we want God to use us beyond what we could imagine. And think about our church. We would be used by God beyond what we could imagine, not only in this community, but throughout the whole world. There are already things going on that we can't imagine that God's already doing. Just when we went to Facebook Live, We've wanted for a long time to go live. We didn't know how to do it because we didn't have enough bandwidth. Then we found out you could go live Facebook. And so we, we said, we just put a little email out, starting a particular Sunday at 11 o'clock, you can go to Facebook Live and watch the service. The very first service, 6,000. There were 6,000 connections. That didn't mean 6,000 people watched it, the whole thing, but they connected on it. 
Can you imagine that? And, and uh, you know, I, we got a, a, Jeremiah sent me a thing the other day. People go to the website, watch the messages, do things, and they comment, and this person wrote something, 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 and said, thanks so much from Germany. And Jeremiah said, Germany. Right. You know, I mean, think about it. It goes all over the world. So sometimes we don't even think, but what should we say to God? Would you take this body of believers, and would you use us to do things we can't even imagine, beyond what it could imagine, not only in this community, but throughout the entire world. That'd be a great thing to pray. The third thing is your hand to be upon me. That's the power. We can't do it. It's got to be God's power through us. It can never be us. We can do all things, the one who strengthens me apart from him. We can do absolutely nothing. And so as we think about this, we say, Lord, take me and use, use, our, use me. But it's got to be your power. It's got to be your power. What do you think about the church. What about church? every ministry needs to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's, think about it, y'all. Do you realize, on a, just, just think of a Sunday morning, how many people are serving here on a Sunday morning? Now, we talk about the fact that we gather for worship and training and we scatter for service and evangelism, and so we use our gifts, talents, ability all over, but we use our gifts, talents, ability when we come together. You may not realize this, but do you know... Uh, how many people come here on a Wednesday night for the children, the college, the youth, and the classes? Do you have an idea? Do you know it's over 300, maybe 350 people connected with our church on a Wednesday night? You go, what? Really? Yeah. So all these people who serve, all these people, they've, they've got to be doing it in God's power. Because apart from him, we can do what? Absolutely nothing. And so when we think about our church, we want all the ministries to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why everything we do, this is something we've talked about in the past, but we have a purpose, a plan, and a process. What is our purpose? Make disciples. That's our purpose of our church. So that means every ministry, everything we try to do, ultimately comes back to making disciples, which is evangelism and training, leading people to Christ, training them, equipping them so they can reproduce themselves, and we can keep reaching people for Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of our church, so that every ministry that we do, regardless of what it is, whether it's children's ministry or youth or college or ladies' ministry or men's ministry or SBI or grow groups or whatever they are, Sunday morning, the, the praise team, every ministry, the ultimate purpose is to make disciples. To make disciples. And if, if it doesn't fit into that, guess what? We don't need to do it. If, what, if we have a ministry and it's not its purpose is to make disciples, then we need to stop it and do something else. That's the plan. And it's got to be in God's power. The last one, of course, keep me from harm, keep me from evil. We talked about that. We saw this one. It's a, this is a lot to it. You could look at it and say it this way, keep me from pain in my life or keep me from evil. And that's really true. And so individually, when you get to that last part, sometimes I just say, just say, Lord, protect me. Protect me either way. Protect me so that I don't go do evil things. Also, protect me from evil things. And, 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 you know, that's what we could be praying on that one. And so think about it. So we say, Lord, use me. Use me more than beyond what I could imagine. Use me in your power and protect me as you use me. And that's, that's really a key thing. Think about our church, about protection. That God would protect us from what? False teaching. Listen, we met, uh, the elders meet, uh, we have a meeting on Tuesday nights, there's mostly elders, there's a couple of deacons that come, and, and because the, most of the deacons meet in another meeting at a different time, but we all there, and the other night we said, one of the roles that the leadership does in the church is to help protect the church from false teaching, okay, and we said, do we, 
do we know of anything in our church at this point that is false teaching? Of course, we know. We don't. You hear something, you better let us know. If you, if you get into some class and some guy starts saying or some, somebody starts saying that salvation is more than just faith and you've got to be willing to do this, you need to let us know because that we, we want to protect our church to make sure that in every organization, every group, every ministry, there is a clear grace message of salvation. There is not false teaching. That vision, protect us from division. Listen, that, that's the thing that happens in most churches. There's division, there's divisive people, there's things that happen that people get mad about something and then they get a group to with them and then they divide the body. And before you know it, that's the same, that was what was going on in Corinth. That's when Paul wrote and he says, some people say I'm Paul, some people I say I'm of Apollos, some people say I'm of this. He said, look, we're not divided. We're not supposed to be divided. And we're not. And we don't have separate groups. I remember uh, talking to a guy that was in a church and th- their church got divided over Sunday school teachers. Like they, they said, we're in this guy's Sunday school class, and that's the best class, and that's the one, that's the really only one that's right. And then some other people get, I mean, you can get divisions and all kind of things. And we need to pray, make sure that we don't have divisions. And the best that I know at this point, there are no divisions. If there are, run them out. No, I'm just kidding. This, uh, we got to deal with it. You have to deal with it, right? That's exactly right. Third one is apathy, and that is the easiest one. Because, see, when you look at church and you look at why we exist, and what's the purpose? Make disciples. That's evangelism and training. So we gather for worship and to be trained so that we can scatter and evangelize and bring people in. We don't have a church for us. In other words, I have people say, well, what, what's in it for me? What do you have for me? We got membership training today. The purpose of membership training is not to try to convince people that we've got all kind of things that they're going to really like. It's not a country club. We're going to convince people that you're here to make disciples. And so you're going to use your gifts, talents, and abilities as you connect with this body. I mean, that's what it's all about. So it's not, I just come and I just go. And this is my church, and I come sometimes and I go sometimes. No, no, we can't do that. And the last one is sin. Of course, sin within the body. You've got to be very careful about that as well. And so when we think about this prayer, it is, bless me by using me, Lord. Use me beyond what I could imagine. Empower me to serve you and protect me from evil and sin and not cause pain. What a prayer. I asked my, son, uh, my girl group class last week, I said, how many of y'all been praying that prayer? Nobody raised their hand. I got all mad. And what? I wasn't really mad. But I thought, well, maybe no. And then they all said, wait a minute, you didn't give us time. And then all of them said, in some way or another, they've been... They've been praying the prayers. We've been studying. They've been doing this. And even some of them raised their hand and said, this is, where, this is the blessing that I've seen God been doing in my life. So I got all pumped up. And, and so uh, I challenge you to pray this prayer. And not because it's a magical thing, but to pray that God will use you. And to pray that God will use you beyond what you could imagine. And pray that when God's using you, you're in, in his power through you and that he's going to protect you. Pray that. What's, it, what's the harm, Right? It's going to help you. It's going to be fantastic. Well, what is the results of this prayer in Jabez's life? God granted Jabez what he requested. I like that. And God granted him what he requested. Sometimes in the Bible we'll see something and you'll see a prayer that somebody will pray something and it'll, be, uh, it'll come to pass. This one actually says what he prayed, God granted him that request. And uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes we, don't, we don't always see the answers. Sometimes we pray about things and we don't see the answers, but then sometimes he answers us and it's even beyond what we could imagine. And so 
What do you want God to do? What, what do we want God to do with our lives? What do we really want? You know, I think in, in, in America, I call, I know this is going to be negative, but I just see so many churches are what I call the EE, the entertainment, and the experience. Everybody goes to church to be entertained and have some kind of an experience. There's nothing wrong with experience. When you're worshiping the Lord and you're singing songs and you're studying the Bible, you make an application, you may have an experience. But I see our culture is just, what's in it for me? When can I go? Was it funny? Was it good? Was it okay? I mean, you know, instead of, I've come to be trained and equipped and worship my God so I can serve Him every day of my life. That's what, so what do we want? What do we want from all this? Do we want to just make it through? Or do we want our lives to bring glory to Jesus Christ? So as we end this morning, go, get ready to go to group groups. First of all, let's be men and women of prayer. It doesn't matter whether you pray the prayer of Jabez or the, the subject of the prayer of Jabez or any other prayer. Uh, in fact, I tell you, there's a, I did a study several years ago on the prayers of Paul. And there's like nine or ten places in Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians and Colossians and Thessalonians in which Paul actually prays for the people that he writes to. He prays in the letter. You could go to that and say, well, let me take, let me take that and pray because it's pretty powerful things. And so any, any way you want to pray, but let's just be men and women of prayer and, and let's understand that God will answer our prayers. I mean, we, we see it right here, and we come to God and we say, God, I just want, I want my life to count for you. I want to I be used by you. I want to go wherever you want me to go. I want to do whatever you want me to do. And let me just say this. I know that's scary. When I was 19 years old, I trusted Christ. I, I, have, I had eternal life, and I knew I was saved and saved forever. When I was 25, 26 years old, I had to make a decision. I made a decision. I made a decision that I wanted my life to count for Christ, and it was scary because you're saying to God, it doesn't matter. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, take, take my life and use me for your glory. This prayer says, take it and use me for your glory and let me do things even beyond what I could imagine. And it's a scary thing for all of us in this room to actually say, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I give you my life in service. I, I'll, I'll do it. And so understand that God will answer our prayers, especially when we do those things. We have to trust him. And then the third thing here is let's pray that our lives will be used by God to make a difference. And I want you to think about it. Let's pray this. Let's pray that God will bless us by using us. I mean, when we say, go, Lord, bless me, I'm not talking about material things at all. I'm saying, bless me by taking my life and using me. And then we could pray that God will use us beyond what we could imagine. That's why I put this as the most exciting part to me that God would actually take you and use you and use me, and it's even beyond what we ever thought he would do. And we look back and we go, I can't believe God did that. I can't believe that he did this. I can't believe that. And then we pray that everything will be, do, will be in his power, because in him we could do all things, but apart from him we can do nothing. And then the last thing to pray there is pray for protection. We live in a fallen world that affects our flesh and pulls us to sin, and we pray those things. Last but not least, let's pray for our church. And we saw the things to pray for, but let's do this. Let's be a light in this community. But it just starts here because we want to go all over the world, right? All over the world.